Faith is the reality of all that is hoped for. Faith is the proof of all that is unseen. By faith, we understand that the world was created by the word from God and that what is visible came into being through the invisible. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain, and for that he was declared to be just. God spoke well of Abel's offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Hello, I am Gregory Shelton, a charter member of Metropolitan Community Church of the Resurrection. Thank you. This is a story of the beginning of the church that starts with suffering and ends with joy. To explain the early days, I have to give a little of my history of how I got there at the start. As a teen, I was denied absolution by the Catholic Church for being gay and thrown out of my house by my parents to live on the streets of San Francisco. Being denied absolution meant I could no longer participate in the Catholic Church and was denied the, deni the God's grace. Being without God was like being denied oxygen. By many measures, I got to Texas to be in the Job Corps, where I got a scholarship to Prairie View A&M University this is a historically black college at the time integration was beginning. In the library there, I found Troy Perry's book, The Lord is My Shepherd and He Knows I'm Gay. This was the first time I heard that we were good. And there was there a list of religious facilities open to gays in Houston. I had to be in church. And there was the address of an MCC prayer group in Arnold Lawson's apartment on Kipling in the Montrose. I had to take a bus from Prairie View or hitchhike and often had to walk many miles to get there. I was reborn, as were all the dozen or so that went there. One service I especially remember was after we became a mission of the Hope MCC in Dallas. It was Holy Thursday, the anniversary of the rite of Holy Communion. There were 12 of us there with a missionary, and Jesus was with us in a heartfelt reenactment of the Last Supper. We tried hard to advance from missionary status with preaching by lay ministers and moving to various sites before we found a bicycle shop. During this time, I met my first love, Travis, who was committed as insane by his fundamentalist parents and given a lobotomy. They burnt my clothing and my books and I could never see him again. I met the love of my life, my partner of 43 years, my senior of 15 years, Steve Brown at the Club Bets. I told him of church. He went to this church to meet me found me in my job core clothing, which was all I had left, brought me new clothes, tried to get me to see Travis in the Galveston Hospital, and brought me to live with him, and I lived with him until he died. His memorial service was here in this church, in this sanctuary, uh, on that 43rd anniversary. 
We were becoming a real church and moved to the bicycle shop in Montrose, which was half a building with a parking lot and a garage door. We had to set up the folding chairs, tables, and preaching stand for each service. We had an afternoon service to help those who went to the bars. It was so, oh yes, it was so good we had to tell everybody. And so we had a bar ministry to tell everyone. Many of our old members were brought in by it, but it was controversial. We were becoming well known. The Ku Klux Klan uh, found about us and threatened us harm to our minister, Jerry Ann Harvey, and her lover, threatened this church, and burned a cross in front of our church. Churchwoman stayed to protect Jerry Ann in their home. We all came to this church no matter what they said, what they did to us. We were not going to be afraid. In church service during this scare, we heard what we thought were shots and we all hit the floor. It was only kids throwing rocks at the garage door. Someone face down on the floor shouted, this floor is filthy, and we all laughed at it. <laughs> we kept coming to church throughout it all. We grew and went shopping for a larger site. We found 1919 Decatur, financed it with large donations from our members and loans, negotiated with our owners, and got approval from MCC to become a full church. Since we all felt reborn, we chose the name Resurrection and to charter it on Easter. We did all the work ourselves to fix the church up from ceiling to basement because we had no money left for contractors. I'm not sure that was all up to code, but it was a work of love. <laughs> we got to be a church. Joy and blessings to us all. Thank you. This is where amazing happens. This is where love steps in. This is the place where broken dreams can live again. When you're to the end of all, nowhere else for you to go. Oh, welcome to a place of second chances. This is where amazing happens. By faith, Abraham and Sarah obeyed when they were called and they went forth, not knowing where they were going. By faith, Sarah received the ability to conceive, though past childbearing age. As a result of this faith, there came forth one woman and one man, themselves as good as dead, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands of the seashore. All of them died in faith. They didn't obtain what they had been promised, but saw and welcomed it from afar. My name is Phyllis Fry. I came to MCCR, as it was known back then, in the late fall of 1975 at the invitation of Ray Hill, 
who was an exhorter for your church at that time. Yes, that Rahel. This was just weeks after the church had moved from the bicycle shop and into the print shop on Joanne Street. Bob Falls was your pastor then. He was such a sweet old queen. My wife, Trish, and I joined in 1976. Trish and I are both singers, and we were in the choir for many, many years. After several years, Trish became the choir director. We remember the first time we met Troy Perry at MCCR. He was very cordial, but told us back then that there was no place for transgenders. Of course, everyone knows that has changed. While still at Joanne Street, we enjoyed the Reverend Joe, uh, Jerry Ann Harvey, who became our pastor. I was very involved with the move to the Decatur Street location. Michael Eschweiler, who later married Virginia Galloway, and I built the protective outside wall around the air conditioner compressors, and we both crawled through the attic above the sanctuary, creating a crawl space from which to safely install the air conditioner ductwork. Yes, the story is true that I took a misstep in that attic, and but for catching a ceiling joist in my midsection, I could easily have fallen to my death or to being permanently paralyzed in a fall onto the straight-backed wooden sanctuary chairs. The pastor then, or shortly later, was Chuck Larson, who was a dear man. With Clifford Fleck, who was an early sign language interpreter, I organized the church's bus trip for the 1979 March on Washington. During that trip, the bus broke down in Maryland. We had two exhorters with us, and I pushed them to have us circle the bus and lay on hands. The bus started. It never gave us any problems for the rest of the trip. Trish and I left MCCR, that was uh, still on Decatur Street, during the struggle to use inclusive language in liturgy and music. We were both in favor of a change from the male-only dedicated scripture readings and songs. Unfortunately, we saw an ugly side from those who did not want to change to the inclusive service, readings, and music that you at RMCC have enjoyed for decades. Even so, Trish and I both recognize that RMCC is a pillar of the LGBTIQ community of Houston. We are proud to know you. We are honored to return from time to time, and we send our love to you all on this, your anniversary. This is where amazing happens. This is where love steps in. This is the place where broken dreams can live again. When you're to the end of home, nowhere else for you to go. Oh, welcome to a place of second chances. This is where amazing By faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months after his birth. By faith, Moses, now an adult, 
refused to be identified as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the Pharaoh. By faith, the people passed through the Sea of Reeds as though on dry land. I first came to Resurrection in 1988. Two members of the church at that time brought me there because there was going to be a demolition party to create the new memorial chapel in the back of the sanctuary. I told them I could handle a hammer, but nothing else. And from that point on, I ended up getting involved. I felt something special at, Mes at Resurrection MCC. One of the things that happened just before I'd gotten there, there had been a bit of a rift in the congregation and some people had left. In order for things to happen, it meant the congregation was gonna to have to step forward. The grace moments kept happening because people stepped forward and did things that they didn't think they had any ability or capability of doing. Working with kids as I did a lot of work with ushers and getting the little small ones, some of whom are now teaching in the Sunday school and helping with that youth ministry, watching them stand there at four or five, and as they point for people who would be on their way to get communion, or wanting to know if they could help pass the offering plates. It was a time where things grew and developed because it was the congregation that stepped up and got involved. I still didn't know why God had brought me to MCC. Well, why it brought me to resurrection. I hadn't been to church in really in 25 years. But I knew there was a reason to stay. There were constant blessings that happened. The first real congregation baby was now a 20-something, who was the pool for when was birth going to happen, what was the weight, and all of those things to raise money for the building club. When a year later, there were baby pictures for sale to raise funds at a Super Bowl party. Those were the fun things and the kinds of things that went on. Ministry expanded. I always remember John Gill's preaching a sermon in which he talked about Jesus and Maria. I also remember when we stepped out on faith and we brought in Reverend Carroll. The Gospel Ensemble being formed, which was an interesting creation. There were very few people to join. There were some, shall we say, hostilities between the Sanctuary Choir and the Gospel Ensemble. But the fact was, offering their gifts blessed everyone. And what we know has happened throughout the years shows that it was godly. I got involved in lots of things with the church, but through all of that, it was the congregation that actually loved me into being convinced that what I was doing was God's call. When I came back as clergy, when I left and still returned again, not sure what I was going to do in ministry and at the lowest point in my life, it was the congregation through its love that raised me up and said, God's not through with you yet. As you celebrate 45 years, you're like Jerry Wrights always says, you're a really wonderful little church with 600 people. But you are a church that knows about love. 
moved into unconditional and radical inclusion when you weren't sure what you were going to be doing, what you were going to do, and how it was going to work out, but you just knew it was God saying, do. You blessed a number of people with your presence in the locations that you had. You blessed a number of people in helping them find their ministries. Those are the grace moments that come with being a part of Resurrection MCC. This is where amazing happens. This is where love steps in. This is the place where broken dreams can live again. When you're to the end of home, nowhere else for you to go. Oh, welcome to a place of second chances. This is where amazing happens. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after being encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, didn't perish with those who were disobedient after she welcomed the spies in space, in peace. Hello, I'm Wynn, mother of Andy Boyd. I loved him so much. When he was born, he was a part of my heart. We both love purple. <laughs> and on Mother's Day, it would be a special time for us because he would always bring me roses, and I look forward to that. Um, two years after he was diagnosed with AIDS, he came to this church, and he asked me to come with him. I loved it from the minute I was here, and I was so happy to see him with his friends, hugging each other, getting love from each other, giving each other love. And I really wanted to come more often, but he loved to dance. Even dancing by himself, he would say, as I read in his journal, Mother, I danced by myself, and I loved it. So I didn't get to come that often because he was out clubbing. <laughs> in May of 1989, I knew it was going to be a different year because he was in the hospital on Mother's Day and I was leaving the next day to go to Scotland on a trip. I stopped by the hospital on the way to the airport but I couldn't kiss him because that was like kissing him goodbye and I wasn't ready for that. That night he called me on the phone up in Chicago where I was with my sister and said, uh, Mother, you're probably wondering why, uh, if you should go on this trip, you should stay home. But he said, I'm a big boy, and I can take care of myself, and I'll see you when you get back. So I called him when I got to Scotland, and he had a blood clot, um, and he died in five hours. So after that, his friends, his roommates, they would, come and, they would come and take me here to church and go with them. And I joined the church a year later. Then after that, I had lots of friends here that I made. And I had like five special friends. I see one right now, pretty close, and I'm looking at him. <laughs> but I also had another close friend who moved away 
and they let me mother them, and I love that. And he will be here preaching next Sunday. I share with you one of my favorite scriptures from Isaiah 66, 13. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. I was able to comfort Andy during those years, and of course, God was there comforting me. Reverend Troy said to me a couple days ago when I was down here, he said, you're a wounded healer. And I thought, I didn't even realize I was wounded after Andy died because I was too busy running around in that feeling. Thank you. This is where amazing happens. This is where love steps in. This is the place where broken dreams can live again. When you're to the end of hope, nowhere else for you to go. There is no time for me to give an account of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, or David, Samuel, the prophets. These were those who were, through faith, able to conquer nations. They were weak people who were given strength. These are all sheroes and heroes of our faith, but none of them received what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. Good morning. morning. I'm Jackie Marshall, and I get to continue this interesting story. You see, I knew Andy. I knew him well. Our church went through a whole lot through the AIDS epidemic. We lost 40% of the membership of this church. And so uh, Troy asked me to tell the story of purchasing this campus. But for me, this story began in 1996. My partner, Janae, passed away in Park Plaza Hospital of triple pneumonia, a secondary complication of AIDS. She was the one who taught me what being part of a church community was all about. The importance of giving every week, the importance of making visitors feel welcome and befriended, and most of all, the importance of service and stepping out in faith. She served on the Resurrection Board, the Pastoral Search Committee that brought Dwayne Johnson here, and we both sang in the Sanctuary Choir and ensembles. We were even two angels in the Christmas pageant that rolled away the stone. (laughs) The year after Janae passed away, I'd seen so much love and so much service and so much amazing grace in this church. And she'd been such an example that I decided it was time that I run for the board of directors. And so I ran and was elected in 1997. I served two consecutive terms on the board as clerk and so was involved in our search process and eventual move into the church we worship in today. The process began with a capital campaign and then a property search and finally a decision 
as a congregation to purchase this campus that we're in. We had a decent down payment, but getting funding for a church purchase proved much more difficult than what we had anticipated. We worked with a total of five banks and ultimately only one was considering the loan we would need and they were on the fence. Here we were, we had decided as a congregation that this was our new church, but as a board, we could not seem to secure funding. I'll never forget sitting at a very frustrating and scary board meeting. And I just had to open my mouth and say, what if we all wrote personal letters of guarantee for the loan? Do you think the banks will move forward if we do? Now, let me tell you, that was a quiet room. <laughs> In essence, I had asked everyone there to risk everything they had to guarantee a loan of over a million dollars. Our homes, our savings, our assets would be on the line. And then my friend, Tina Oates, said, everything I have belongs to God anyway. So, I, so I'm in. Thank God for Tina. She was the shove that moved the ball rolling. Sure enough, the banks wanted those guarantees, and we all signed them. I was telling this story to Claire last night, and she was relieved to know that the bank returned those letters of guarantee <laughs> one year later. What a leap of faith. What courage and what trust we had in our God and in our movement. When it came time to close on the loan, I was the clerk of the board of directors, and so I got to sign the note along with Dwayne Johnson. And that is the archaic photo they showed me in every <laughs> MCC 101 class and at every anniversary. Approximately 16 months after I signed those documents and almost a year to date after we moved into the new church, Tropical Storm Allison flooded this sanctuary and the, the homes of 40 families in this congregation. Look around and you can still see a level on the brick. It was two feet high in this room. Families like Mojo and Terry, Robert and Don, Shirley and Sandy, just to name a few. Though the church was flooded, the staff coordinated teams to help out our families. I went to Robert and Don's house and pulled up carpet, went to Shirley and Sandy's house and scoured things with bleach, and I came here with my pry bar, and I cried as I worked to tear out the dais and the altar up here. Once again, service, community, and hard work were the essence of this church. We continued to worship, but in the activities building, and the staff worked out of mobile home-like offices parked in the parking lot. We called it Project Noah. <laughs> and it took two years to get back into this sanctuary. I do have fond memories of, serving, of services in the activities building, though. Specifically, one Christmas pageant in the activities building where the children's choir sang, my daughter, Jordan, was three, and she spent the entire time during the Christmas pageant flipping her pigtails side to side and digging in her nose. Yep. And she said I couldn't embarrass her. 
laughter, community, pastoral care, trust, giving, service. I'm proud to be in that photo. And I'm proud of the courage and the trust in God. Just look at what faith can do. This is where amazing happens. This is where love steps in. This is the place where broken dreams can live again. When you're to the end of hope, nowhere else for you. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside everything that impedes us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run the race laid out for us. Let us not lose sight of Jesus who leads us in our faith and brings it to perfection. Good morning, I'm Nelda Biescas. I recall my first visit to MCC. I drove up and found the church to have a nostalgic look to it. Not quite sure what I expected. It just popped up out of this residential area in the Heights like a beacon of light. I parked my car in the street and noticed all these cheerful people walking towards the church. I sat in my car and wondered, why is everybody so happy? <laughs> I stepped out of my car and decided it was time to join the journey. The church offered beautiful stained glass windows and the standard large front doors. I worked my way inside and planned to, planned to anoint myself with holy water and listen to the same monotonous sermon. Instead, I was blown away as I witnessed God's love for people like me. I watched Reverend Gill preach God's word in his own glamorous way as he prepared children and adults for the message of the day. I felt the Holy Spirit flow through me I was so proud of the church, I couldn't wait to share it with my family. And each time they visited, it brought them to tears because it was the first time they'd experienced God's love in any church. While I lived over 30 miles away, I didn't miss a Sunday service. Yet sitting in that back pew and getting spiritually fed was all that I could muster in the 90s. I was thankful for the acceptance and assurance of God's love. Part of God's plan is to grace us with opportunity and abundance. His plan was to have me move to Oak Forest, just north of the Heights. Coincidentally, the church had moved as well, and it moved closer to me. I was thrilled because I was ready to start taking my next steps in my spiritual growth, which included meeting people and giving of my time, talent, and treasure. Reverend Wayne had his own style. It was the first time in my life I'd ever had a priest or a pastor approach me and acknowledge me in a church and a gay establishment. I instantly felt welcomed and was ready to receive whatever God had planned for me. Along came Troy. Reverend Tresh arrived bearing his soul to the congregation. He offered himself and his husband to meet with us on a more personal level. Our conversation and his transparent personality helped peel away the vulnerability that had kept me from receiving God's favor. For the first time, from the first time I entered MCC, I swore I would never stand up here and speak. <laughs> for, the 
for fear of being outed or my dyslexia exposed, and yet I agreed to speak on Easter Sunday and two other times. Director of Spiritual Growth, Reverend Kristen, continued to work through offerings that challenged me and others to get past our fear and to live a life that was authentic and peaceful. Some examples of programs that, off that were offered and fed me spiritually were sermons, incredible music, tremendous testimonials, coffee with friends, book studies, yoga, and thank God, weddings. 26 years later, I still find myself overwhelmed by the grace that God has given me in my life and each time I enter the doors to this church. Lessons of life, forgiveness, and love have transformed me to become the person that God has created me to be. Today, I find myself acquiescing to God's plan. It is to share his love and action, and I'm making it come to fruition through my, my work at the church, my job, and my personal life. Through book studies and sermons, I've been finally moved to publish my book, which will be released in 10 to 13 weeks. <laughs> Volunteer at church by welcoming new visitors and serving on the First Fruits team, traveling to Europe, assisting with book studies, participating in the Women's March in Washington, D.C., and protesting in Houston from Black Lives Matter to the immigration ban. For over a quarter of a century, MCC has seen me from peace in the pews to praise in public. For 26 years, I've discovered the beauty of the peaks and the valleys of life and love and have learned to lean on God for times of exuberance and distress. Rest assured of these three things. Number one, God's unfailing love. Number two, God's grace. And number three, church service at MCC every Sunday. Tear resurrection, this is where amazing happens. This is where love steps in. This is the place where broken dreams can live again. When you're to the end of hope, nowhere else for you to go. This is where I'm at. 